Welcome to the What You Talk About Willis podcast. I'm Billy. I'm here with Jones. We watched Assassination of a High School President. Jones, did you ever assassinate a high school president? Pew, 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 pew. No. Um, oh, I don't even want to say what I was going to say. No, but I've shot stuff. Let's <laughs> 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 just, we'll just leave it at that. Who was the high school president when we were in high school? Buddy, that's a great question. I have my our our yearbook sitting on a bookshelf right over here. Would you, would you like me to grab it and do you want to do some quizzes? No, nah, we'll just keep okay. it moving. I would say I don't know who mine was. Justin's Justin Salyards was the president of my class. With my our class president. You really got my like interest peaked right now. I I think it was sure Luber. Was it really Luber? Go no, Luber. I... Okay. Oh, there's my glasses. I'm leaving that in. Mark is going to his bookshelves. I knew you couldn't resist knowing. You were the one who couldn't resist. I I threw out a name out there. You, you demanded. You were like, don't go get it. You fucking ripped your glasses off. That took was, your beard with you. Yeah, I opened it up to the, you know, in the middle of the yearbooks, they always put like 10 pages of hype, like super colorful stuff. And all. what's the most popular this and that? It's the inauguration of Bill Clinton is the first thing I saw. Not the assassination. I mean, he assassinated his own career. Life. Did I sign your you? yearbook? Um, debatable. Probably somewhere. Be fun to read those someday. People, activities, sports, student life, right? 48. It took oh, us 45 seconds to get off the rails. Oh, yeah. The world record. Guten Tag from the Deutsch Club. <laughs> I was in the French club. Student. Student council. Student yeah, get council. That, get that mic up to your, your face. So this is for the graduating class of 1997. Man, student council, student council officers. So what was your guess? You said Dave Lubert? Yeah, I think I remember that. Let's see. Uh, I'm going to have to see. Is this seniors or is there something different? Wrong. It's not David Lubert. Although sure I think birthday. He, really? Mm -hmm. um, let's see. President of my graduating year, 1997, Courtney Caparuccio. All right. She was absolutely beautiful. Like, I don't it, remember I mean, her. I, I'm looking at her picture right now, and I'm like, I'm remembering. I'm like, before like high school in Hollidaysburg, Central Pennsylvania, like drop, drop dead gorgeous. Like I can't even, like people shouldn't have been allowed to talk to her in high school. She was so beautiful. I thought so anyway. Vice President. Christy, Christy Mitchell. Christy Mitchell. She, she was I, such, so sweet. She was such a nice girl. I think I remember her. No, remember Sean Mitchell? I don't know if you remember him. They were twins. She was a cheerleader and popular, and he was a, a theater dork and a chorus kid. Did he have blonde um, hair? No, they both had dark hair. She was, um, she was hot, and he was, you know, kind of like a troll, like he, zitty. He was not. She got she got ninety nine percent of like the beauty genes. He got the one. Um, 
Mina she Gray. Was eating, she was eating all the food in the in the womb. <laughs> in the womb. He had to eat her shit. <laughs> he ate, yeah, he ate waste products. <laughs> poor guy. That poor guy. That little shit. That little, that little shit eater. Uh, secret, secretary of student council was Mina Gray, and then the treasurer was Amy Small. I remember Amy Small. I do not remember Mina Gray. Amy Small was very tall, as I recall. Look at that, man. Throwing it down. I, so I want to say that, like, I, I feel like you're right that, like, Luber is somehow tangentially involved. There's a picture of him, like, getting hit by somebody's car. Remember, he maybe he ran and lost. I remember there being a thing like, we can't vote for him. We can't trust he'll put together the reunions. Which I, I don't think that he was involved with, nor do I think that any of the other people that were involved with the reunion were, my high school reunion anyway, were... Um, what's it called? Check Student to see if consoles. I signed your. Check to see if I signed your yearbook. Okay, 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 okay. So that was my Joe Pesci. You like it? Okay, 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 okay. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Where are we? Let me see. Oh, yes. I still got. Never. I got phone numbers. I need to call in here, buddy. Oh yeah, never change. Have a cool summer. Hmm. Oh, this kills me. That's from um, Jess Faisenbaker. Chrissy, Chrissy Momborn. Oh, my God. She was... Poof. Chrissy Momborn was so smoking ass hot back then. I remember Harris Whittles on Julie. Comedy Bang Bang. He had a bit. He was like, if you hook up with someone when you're 16, can you use that as motivation when you're by yourself when you're older? If <laughs> of course. Because you're, you don't judge me by the memories, the things I'm thinking about people currently. Judge those are my memories. Like if you don't look back on your own like sexcapades memories and be like that was pretty awesome. Like oh, I got one from Demas in here. Do you want to hear that one? Future guest of the show. Future guest of the show, David W. Demas. The W is for winning. Um, oh my God! If you had to guess the general theme of the first sentence of this. What do you think it has to do with? It's definitely weed related. <laughs> okay, okay. So, okay, you're spot on. If you had to guess <laughs> what the first sentence was, what would you guess? It's got to be something like... <laughs> I feel like you're going to guess it. <laughs> is, is the word toke involved? No, I'll say this. The word high is involved. All right. I don't know, like stay high. If I said high times, what would you phrase? How would you phrase that sentence with the phrase high times? I'll never forget our high times. We've had a lot of high times together. We got to somehow buy one last fat bag and me and you just smoke it. I'll get a hold of you before I go. David, anarchy. So that was when he was getting ready to go to the Air Force or something like that or the Army? The, the, or that was no. moving to Pittsburgh. Yeah, they went to play like flight mechanics for a couple of months. Let's see. Oh my God! So I thought I thought Christy Mitchell and I always had like a special thing. She wrote an entire page in my yearbook, buddy. I'm telling you, the phone number and everything. Give me a call over the summer. Um, you guys oh, text her, one. dude. I'm not gonna lie. Like I'm looking back at this and I'm like, I have a lot of fucking girls' numbers, man. Jamie. What? Oh my God, Brooke Drenning. We're Brooke so Drenning far. gave me her number? 
I don't know We're who at, that is. Uh, okay, hold on. Let's see. Uh, Dan Dan Washington gave me his number two. I remember him. Um, Kim Forshi Melton. Okay, I got I got one for Melton here. I don't have one for you though. Justin Casserly got one from him too. Ready for Melton's? He always had great penmanship. He had very neat handwriting. Mark. Hammer, hammer, hammer. I never know what to write in these fucking things, except I love you, Melton. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. He lived up to the hammer thing. Yeah, well, one of us had to hold up that that end. I don't see anything from William Jonathan Becker in here. Uh, Maybe I'll sign it next time I see you. Oh, that'd be really nice. What if I wrote, we should do a Bruce Willis podcast together in like 30 years? Uh, I'd I'd freak the fuck out, to be honest with you. I'd freak the fuck out. Yeah, I can't believe it. it. You didn't sign my yearbook. You're a prick. (laughs) All right. Well, moving on. (laughs) This was rated R as a comedy slash drama, 139 minutes long. An audience score of 46%, 55% on Rotten Tomatoes. How did you watch this? Did you watch this on Peacock? Peacock, which I have still, I bought it for one month, and I still have, I think, another couple of days. So thank God, because it was technically, well, it wasn't free, but I didn't have to pay for it separately. Peacock's a underrated service. I watched King of Queens the other night on there, and I was laughing my ass off. Again, reinforcing, you have the fucking worst taste in shows. Do you, do you watch Bob Hart's Abishola? <laughs> Are you sure? You're yeah. going to love that when it gets into syndication and reruns and stuff. I did see Billy Gardell at the Funny Bone once, though. There you go. He's, he's a Pittsburgh guy. Yeah, he lost a lot of weight. He used to be a big dude. I don't think he lost it. So you're not renewing (laughs) Peacock? I will not be renewing Peacock unless I am forced to by the NFL next season. (laughs) This was produced by the Yari Group, which filed for bankruptcy in 2008, which would help explain why this movie didn't get a theatrical release. Yeah, did not hear about it, never knew about it, never even heard of it before. Um Sounds it sounds like a like a after school special made for TV movie. I had never seen it before. The first movie produced by the Yari Group was Crash, which was that like Academy Award winning movie had. Yeah, some people in it. Yeah, it had like a stacked cast. I think Matt Dillon was in it. Ooh, she got a really f- stacked cast. Look at that cast on that person. This was okay. written by. <laughs> Written by Tim Calpin, who is from Scranton, Pennsylvania. Have you ever been to Scranton? Uh, yes, of course I have. To see the W or the Wilkes-Barre Scranton BB pens. How are they doing this year? I don't know. I'm really bad at following the hockey this year. All I know is Penguins are not good. They're very old, and so they're not good. All their old guys kind of stink, except for Cindy Crosby, who's having another career year. I was just reading today about Ovechkin. He only has single-digit goals. He might fall off the pace. 
I think he has fallen off the pace. I do not think that he can recover from this. I think because this means he has to play for another five years and score like 30 goals a year and that's or 20 goals. It's like if you've seen him play this year, you're like, he's old all of a sudden. Like very, he looks, he seems very old all of a sudden. Does not move, just stands there, waits for the puck. Well, yeah, I mean, he's, he's active, but not as much as he was. He's 38 now. Uh, he had such a small margin for error, and this, yeah, I think you're right. I don't think he's going to get it now. Meanwhile, Sidney Crosby having another point per game season. You know, it's what? just absolute insanity. He's been this good for 22 years or whatever. Which this is not think- a hockey podcast, dude. Come on, we got to stop this. Well, I would think Ovechkin would have held up longer than Crosby would because, like you said, Ovechkin just goes and hangs out by that dot and gets feeds and smashes them to the net while Crosby was kind of all over the place feeding the team. So I'm kind of surprised that Crosby held on longer at a higher level. I am not. I think that Crosby was conditioned for a lifetime of playing professional hockey. I think Ovechkin was – he played a much more reckless, hard – smash him up game as a younger guy. I think that, I mean, that stuff, I don't think that stuff wears on your body. No, which yeah, is, which right. just does. And I mean, even as talented a goal scorer as he was like, that's a lot of beating to, that's a lot of miles to put on that body. He's still a monster. Like he's like two twenty, two thirty. Like he's a big dude. Yeah. He's a truck. He might not be that big, but he's big, big man. Directed by Brett Simon. This was released. Simon. Direct to DVD on October 6, 2009. It stars so, Misha Barton of the OC. Oh, yes. Yes, it does. Did you, did you watch the OC? I didn't, but I remembered who she was as soon as I saw her, and I was like, oh, my God, yes. Like, take me back to the 90s. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, she, she was, was gorgeous. 2003's It Girl by Entertainment Weekly. She was it. She won two Teen Choice Awards. Oh, that's great. That's wonderful. That's, In 2017, she won a lawsuit against an ex-boyfriend involving revenge porn. That's, uh, that's dirty pool, man. I mean, how phenomenally excited are you that the internet didn't exist when we were kids and there are no, there's not one single naked picture of me that exists on the face of this earth. <laughs> I can say that unequivocally with confidence. Not a single yeah. one. Yeah, unless my doctor or some rest, like unless I took a shit at Chuck Berry's restaurant, there shouldn't be any images of me anywhere either. Somewhere floating around the universe out there, somebody has a copy of the infamous girl picture about at the party when he stood up on the table and tucked everything <laughs> and did the girl. That's Someone floating around blew somewhere. that up. Yeah, Misty. Yeah. It was Misty and um, Annette. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he was not happy about that blow up. Uh, would you have been? That's revenge porn. That is. <laughs> that first is. case of revenge porn. Oh, man. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Misha Barton was on the OC for 76 of its 92 episodes. She appeared on Dancing with the Stars in 2016, the 22nd season. She finished 11th out of 12. How have there been 22 seasons of Dancing with the Stars? Because and This happens to me all the time. I get caught in this trap where I'm like... American Idol's been on for 28 seasons. And I'm like, what? But no, because there have been like two, there's two seasons a year. Right. So that means it's been on for like 10 years, 12 years. I get that point of it, but who, 
who is what? I've never seen one full episode of Dancing with the Stars. You're not a fan of the dance? No. DWTS, baby. DWTS, Dancing with the Stars. Um, I think it's one of those, it started out at like American Idol was so cool when it began, but now they're just shows that people like baby boomers watch. This is TGIF, but it's on a Tuesday. I did watch a couple seasons of American Idol, probably like two or three. You were a big uh, Brian Dunkelman fan? Taylor Hicks. Taylor Hicks, yeah, he was a he was a guy that won that. Ruben stuttered. Clay Aiken, those are my those are my guys. <laughs> they don't make them like they used to. No, they don't make them like Clay Aiken, not anymore. You got the tagline for Clay Aiken. He ain't no faking Clay Aiken. Let's see. Um, yeah, jeez. Oh, it's pretty. Uh, it's pretty. It's pretty good. Politics, popularity, paranoia, pharmaceutical. Oh wait, pharmaceuticals. Are you in? I'm in. That's it. Politics, popularity, paranoia, pharmaceuticals. I think it's a disservice. That I mean, I get the pharmaceuticals part, but you have hard P's on each of those other ones, and then you go to pharmaceuticals. I'm not in on your tagline. Yeah, high school, four of the most important years of your life. But isn't it all, it is, it isn't always dances and keg parties and sucking face in your parents' minivan. <laughs> is that one for real? No, that's just part of the storyline. Oh, yeah. You're right, those first three P's be popping. You can't have a PH then. No, I, I agree. Instead Bad of pharmaceuticals. I just said pharmaceuticals. <laughs> Not even trying to this, be funny. That was great. This had an estimated $11 million budget with a $69,000 gross. I, I don't... So what What was the release here? October 2009. Okay. So I'm feeling like this... If this is released in the late eight, late 90s, early 2000s, this is, a, this is a good movie. If this is like in the... Not in the genre of American Pie, but in the same time period... I think it would have been well, more popular when teen, teen, you know, raunchy comms and weird things like this, Mean Girls comes to mind, I would have been girls. popular then. I want to agree with you, but do you also think that's because we were like 30 when this came out and not in that sweet spot of... No, I fully... I didn't even know this was ever released. No, I don't think either of us did. But no, I'm saying like if it would have been released in the late 90s, early 2000s, it would have been a more popular box office hit. It would have been a better showing at the box office, wider release, more widely accepted by critics, I think. Because that was – I feel like there was a, a period of time in the late 90s, early 2000s where it was like Scream and – They were pumping um, them out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the I Know What You Did Last Summers, things like that. Shitty – Dramas, comedies, and horror flicks with teenagers in them. Tons of teenagers. They were, they were pumping out so many of those movies, they made a spoof movie called Not Another Teen Movie. So, Yeah, oh yes. Uh, we start with someone looking at a conspiracy theory chalkboard. <laughs> yeah, beautiful mind all of a sudden out of the gate, huh? 
We have a narrator. His name is Bobby Funk. Funky. I actually think it would be, it would have been Funke. This was a, yeah. Do you know That's who? from Arrested Development. Tobi Dr. Tobias Funke? Yeah, he's yeah. an anal-rapist. Yeah, he was an anal-rapist. <laughs> he was a never do. Oh, my God. Uh, stop. We got to stop with the tangents here. All right. Uh, Bobby Funk writes for the school paper. Uh, he tells us that everyone is cheating. Did you ever cheat yes. in high school? I don't... You know what? I know that I did, but I know that it was one of those like desperation and I felt horribly guilty about it. Like I think I did once and that was probably about it. I never really did, but I do know a specific instance where you wrote a book report for me and then I handwritten something for you because my handwriting was better than yours. Yes, I do recall that. Tit for tat, man. That's not cheating. That's just, that's bartering. That's good economic decisions. Pay for play. That sounds dirty. Bobby is kind of a dork, and no other students or his peers respect him. I know what that's like. <laughs> Dude, you were loved. Stop yourself. But um, Clara, who Bobby wants to taste, those were his words. Oh, that was so. That's gross. That's gross. <laughs> Clara has tasked him with writing about student body presidential candidates. So he's on the beat. He's on the political beat. Uh, yeah, I guess so. I mean, that was the assignment, right? I thought that she was a teacher at first. I thought that his peer at the paper was a teacher somehow. There were no adults in this movie other than Michael Rappaport and Bruce Willis. Even the nurse was kind of childlike. Oh, yeah. The hippie like nurse that was high all the time. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, there were no adults that. in this movie. She scratched my itch. I don't you wish I don't remember what our nurse looked like in high school or middle school, but I bet that they did not look remotely attractive. Yeah, I do not remember the nurse at all either. Did you sidebar real quick? When you did you you went to elementary school here up like at sixth grade, right? Pennsylvania? Not here, but in Pennsylvania. Right, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I went to longer. Did you guys go on some weird nature trip to a place called McKeever when you were in sixth grade? It was like a like a weekend long retreat for kids. It was about nature and conservancy and No, definitely no. not. Okay, never mind. I was also in the classes that they probably didn't put many resources into, so maybe they did. <laughs> That's such a fucking hilarious roundabout way to say that you were in the slow classes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that's adorable <laughs> we're now at a <laughs> we're now at a high school basketball game uh... <laughs> I got you good that's, there that's really funny <laughs> we weren't in the budget for your fancy learning trip <laughs> No, this is the this is the group. That, they're going to sit back. They're going to clean out the old paste stubs for us. You guys are just sitting in there in the corner eating them like honeycombs. No, we took field trips to like the dumpster out back, and they're like, Here's "We're going to go to we're going to go to the adult skills center today, kids." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. 
We're at a high school basketball game. Bobby is sitting with the PA announcer, who we learn is Tad, who is dating Clara, and Michael Rappaport is the basketball coach. Yes, this took me back to very good. I mean, we are on a high school. I mean, it's a high school movie, so let's talk about high school the whole time, right? Right. Do you remember traveling for girls high school basketball road games because I was in love with a girl who was very obviously a lesbian but didn't come <laughs> out of the closet until much too late? Yeah, we drove up to Everett. That was a fucking blast. Yes. Yeah. Then, who was the third person? Was it Mike Riley? Yeah, it was Riley. I remember we got oh. there and we walked in the gym and the girls' basketball team like stopped what they were doing. <laughs> like they were like, scratch. <laughs> yeah, they were like, what are you doing here? <laughs> And you I know we walked in just reeking of weed. <laughs> yes, I was going to say, I remember smoking weed the entire way there. I remember leaving early before the game was over and running back to your car to get into it. Oh, my gosh, yes. So it, it, this, this movie kind of tripped those kind of memories for me. It made me think about, like I, like, I went to a lot of high school, not playing, went to a lot of high school basketball games in my life. A lot. Different schools around the area would go to their games and stuff. Like, weird. Does well, that there was, a, there was a good basketball scene up there, even just starting at, like, St. Francis and then, um, yeah, Altoona, Hollisburg, Bernie Jubeck always had them competitive. Bernie um, Jubeck. Yeah, there's a good scene up there. If you weren't careful, somebody might get mad at you for saying his entire name like that. It's it's it, it's crazy that that is. I never okay. We need to roll his, past this. His daughter coaches Hollidaysburg now. I think. Really? Yeah, Deanna. Is she a Jew back too? Yeah. <laughs> the way I said it is not as bad as the way you just said it. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm saying, like, if you just a slight a slight emphasis in a different place, and you're all of a sudden like, you're my father. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're right. I never put that together before. His name. We just called him Burn. Bernie. The basketball team loses the game, and their star player is injured. So off to a tough start here. Yeah. Um, yes, I don't know what else to add. Yes, basketball team. We'll keep not it moving. Great. We meet the principal, played by. Oosbray. Bruce Willis. He summons Oosbray Bobby Willis. Funk to the principal's office where he's accompanied by five other boys. And yes. then well, in um, what was it? Principal Jared T. Kirkpatrick. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't write his name down. JT. In walks Landis, the only female who is summoned to the office. She shows up late. Bruce is interrogating all of them. He's looking for who broke into the office and stole the SATs. And while he's doing that, he yanks a piece of gum out of Bobby's mouth. And he starts going off on a tangent about how much he cannot stand gum chewing. Which they tried to force that, you know, comedic theme into the movie very, very hard. And, like, later on, there's another scene with Funky and Bruce. And it centers around gum again. And I was just. Yeah, you know those high school kids and their gum chewing delinquents. Right, like a, that's the 
real issue you got to worry about with kids and their gum chewing. Now we meet Francesca, who is played by Misha Barton. She comes into the boys' bathroom where Bobby Funk is washing his hands. She asks Funky to find the SAT so she can ace them. We've been sharing some high school stories. I got one here. I actually didn't get a job because I Misty Evans took me into the girls' bathroom to smoke a cigarette in there. And while I was in there, some girl came in and they were like, what is he doing in here? And then some time later, uh, JB got me a job interview at Dairy Queen, and that girl worked there, and she told the hiring manager about seeing me in the girls' bathroom smoking the cigarette, and I did not get the Dairy Queen job. Who knows where my life would be had I made blazers. Oh, my God. I remember that. Funky starts asking around who took the SADs. He asks the kid behind him in class. He asks Landis, the girl from the principal's office. She's ice skating. She says it can't be her because she was getting fingered by Dutch Middleton. And this was proved later to Bobby in an earlier scene when he had Bobby smell his fingers. That's gross. Yeah. That's disgusting. Did you ever get fingered by Dutch Middleton? <laughs> Only figuratively. Not literally. Clara asked Bobby what the story on Paul Moore is, the basketball player who was injured. Bobby questions the school nurse about Paul's injury. We learned that she might be a predator, which we kind of touched on. Yeah, that was neat. Yeah, she was not cool. <laughs> I, I disagree. Disagree. I know it's bad to say this kind of stuff, but it, she was very, 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 she was a very attractive school nurse, and she was obviously high as a kite the entire time. So Bobby is asking Coach Rappaport about Paul Moore's college basketball prospects, and Bobby is trying to get his driver's license when he runs over a dog. Catherine Morris. Oh, my God. When he fucking runs over the dog, what's... Okay, avoid that. Oh, and here's your... Speaking of running over a dog in high school, uh, do you remember we were driving my mom's car down... I can't remember what road it... I think it's Allegheny Street. Um... And there's a shitty section of town right before you get to Stucky Ford, right across from, it's by the railroad tracks, McClanahan's, where we were driving somewhere. I don't know where we're going. And I hit a dog. No. You don't I remember that? that? I thought you were. Maybe it wasn't you, but I thought you were there. I know it was DeMoss. Dinesworth, DeMoss and Melton were in there. He goes, Bobby goes to meet an informant who agreed to meet Bobby down by the water at the fair. There's a fair going on. The girl he he's meeting demands a unicorn in return for information on Paul. We learn that she is Paul's sister, Chrissy. Paul Moore's little sister, Chrissy. What a little shit. What a little shit. Selling her brother out. But the information she provides might not be kosher. All the students the next day are reading the paper and Bobby's article on Paul using information he got from Chrissy to write a tell-all on Paul. Bruce is walking down the hall with Paul Moore trailing behind him in a towel. He comes running out of the locker room proclaiming his innocence. And Bruce comes out. He, Bruce is involved here. And he tells Paul to open his locker. And when he does, all the SAT tests fall out. Yes, um, he did. And the, but the towel he was wearing, it was like, el like an elastic band on it. Because that thing was not coming off. And he's being marched through the school, held dripping by, wet. dripping wet, being held by an arm and pushed in the back by Bruce Willis. 
accused of stealing the SAT test. Not even accused. Like he is already strung up. He's guilty. Throw him into in-school, in-school suspension, um, which was – their in-school suspension room was awesome. Like it had windows. It was in the shop room. There were like – it seemed okay. I'd have hung out in there all day. Yeah, I think I have a note on in-school suspension. Do you remember that one year they thought they – Yeah, it was not bad. There was a one year, though, they decided to get rid of in-school suspension. They made all the suspensions out of school. That was fucking great. I don't remember. What was that? I think it was when I was in 10th grade, maybe, the first year. So I would have been in 11th. No, because I had in-school suspension for the first time in 11th grade. Okay. They immediately, like, the next year, they were like, yeah, that backfired. (laughs) Yeah, we're just giving the same kids time off regularly. I I need to be suspended on Friday. I have a family trip I need to go on. I got suspended quite a bit, but most of it was for, like, skipping and smoking. Um, mine, uh, yes. I never got suspended out of school. Nope, I did not get suspended out of school. Almost. Very, very close. But I got out of it. Because my friend, my mom was uh, very good friends with John McDonald. They went to high school together. Yeah. The worst was when I was in junior high. They had the Saturday detentions. Oh, my God. Yes. Those were terrible. They were like like fucking worst. Seven or eight in the morning to like noon. And the dude who ran it was not playing around. I would just sit in there and write my whatever like textbook I had with me. I would just write it in the the notebook. (laughs) Was it Mr. Hoover? Was he the in school? Was he the Saturday guy? It might have been. It was definitely somebody who was not playing around. Like he, he might have hit you. If <laughs> yes, can you even believe that that was a thing? Saturday, you they they had the power to tell you, and your parents allowed it to happen for you to like get dropped off or walk to the junior high on a fucking Saturday. That's crazy. That brutal. Those were the only like real punishments that I was like, okay, this sucks. Yeah, that is awful. Wow. Yeah, I had to do that. I did that once in middle school. Paul gets an applause while Misha Barton walks in uh, to the scene. She invites Bobby to prom since she lost her date when Paul got taken down. Always suspicious when the hottest girl in school, who you happen to be fawning over, just is like, yep, I, you're so cool. I like you now, and I want to take you to the prom. Something is afoot. You're a pawn Principal. in someone's game. I did have Bruce's character's name here. Principal Kirkpatrick announces over the PA that Piazza is the new student body president because Paul has been compromised. That's the guy from Yellowstone. Um, oh, like Postal Paul cloud. pointed that out, too. Yeah. What's his name? Luke, Gr- Luke, Luke Grimes. Luke Are Grimes. you watching Yellowstone? I have, uh, yes, I resisted it at first because it was like the most right-wing Republican conservative show on television. But then I watched a couple episodes and I was like, yeah, it's pretty badass. I like Westerns. Are you um, watching the prequels? I watched some of those, like 1863 or something like that, or 1883. Yeah, like yeah I've watched one season of it. Um, we're, we're missing like a great uh, scene like in the Spanish class when the Spanish – Teacher, who's everybody at what is it, St. Donovan's? It's a bunch of like um, friars, Are nuns you talking and about friars. The shower scene? No, no, no. That was th- that was after this one. The the first part, the first scene with him was, um, who's that fucking actor? By the way, 
I just had his name pulled up too, and I was like, oh yeah, father, what's his name? Josh Pais, P-A-I-S, Pais, Pais, Pais. He's been in some stuff, but he said, like, he was like, I'm not Spanish, por favor. He like, kept asking him. Like, and then he said, in Spanish, turn your books to page 35, but instead of pagina, he said pagina. He went, pagina? And it made me laugh. That made me smile. You could tell he uh, was having fun with his part. Yeah, because the shower scene is great. That is a, like, prison shower scene where he's just over the corner I mean, just frothing with with soap <laughs> and foam, scrubbing his chest with that lupa. Bobby shows up at Francesca's house. She ha- he has a corsage for her because they're going to the prom. Yeah, but not that wrist shit. She likes getting poked. Didn't she say that? I don't yeah. mind getting a little poked every now and again. I was like, you dirty little bitch, you're playing with his emotions right now. Yeah, Bobby was desperate. We learned that Francesca and Piazza are stepbrother and stepsister. He's hanging on the couch with his girlfriend. Yeah, at first I thought the, the woman on the couch was the stepsister. I didn't figure out that they were – the two beautiful people are related somehow. Uh, we're at the prom. There's dancing going on. Um, did you go to Joanna's house after the prom? How many proms did you go to first? Did you go to all three? I only went to one. I went, I went to my senior prom. I was going to go to, I was going to go with Erica Calvert. Do you remember her? Uh, I don't know if that's a familiar name to you, but I had the thing for, I had a thing for her. She was older basketball player, pretty good looking. And, um, at like the day before the prom, after I had rented a fucking tuxedo as a stupid, dumb high school boy, she was like, oh, hey, like, I'm going with Craig Hockenberry. I think his name was Craig Hockenberry. Uh, I, we were going to go. I forgot about it. And I was like, what the fuck? And she, I was like, you forgot about it? And I was like, it's been like a month. So wow. I, got, I got stood up for that prom. And I, um, I don't remember what I did that year. I did not go to Joanna Sloan's house. I went to... Her party was popping. The girl next to me pissed herself. Oh, it was. I heard. I remember hearing stories. It was insane. I went to Jamie Ulysses' house, which was kooky and nuts for different reasons. Um, I have the girl in. who pissed herself's name written down. I don't, what is it? <laughs> or you can always take it out. Here, wait. Hold on. Let's put a cut point in here. I could say a hint. I'm going to get it if you say it. Come on, say it. Who was it? That's the thing. If I give this hint, like, people are going to know. Dude, nobody fucking listens to this. How am I going to get that to you? Do you want me to check how many people? She starred in Transformers. I'll just say that. All right. Bobby's friends are telling Bobby. (laughs) All right. Okay. Bobby's friends are telling Bobby he has to hide his erection because Bruce is coming into the scene. And Bruce starts exhibiting some serious signs of PTSD here. And he tries bonding with the students. Yes. But he also completely acknowledges the fact that the dude's got a heart on. And is like, yep, we've all been there, soldier. And then immediately made it about himself. He was the main character of every scene that he was in, much like Bruce always is. But every time he showed up, it was about him, like... 
I'm, we're going to get to it here, but when he's leading the assembly in the a song about America that he wrote by himself. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Like that was, I know it's not Bruce's fault, right? That's the character that he was playing in the movie. Yeah. But we'll get to that. Yeah. Uh, Bobby leaves the prom. He gets decked by Paul, right? When he steps outside, but Paul denies stealing the SATs. He informs Bobby that he didn't need to steal the SATs because he had already been accepted into Cornell and he had the acceptance letter to prove it. So now Bobby's questioning his article. You know, journalistic integrity is very important. We're learning that now with all, what do you guys, what do you guys call it on fake news media? Um, a lot of vaginas out there spreading fake news. So, yeah, it's very relevant now, just as it was then. Bobby goes to the in-school suspension to talk to Paul more. He asks for five minutes. It's treated like a prison. Like, the scene is like in-school suspension is a literal prison. Uh, he gets granted three minutes of the five he requests. Yeah. Paul makes some confessions here. He confesses to point shaving in the past for money, but he tells Bobby that this year he declined the latest offers because he felt like the team could win state this season. And Paul gives Bobby a name to follow. Bismarck. Bismarck key? Bobby is now called into the office. He gets a call from someone claiming to be from Northwestern. They like the story that he had written for the school paper, but want more. They declined to leave their contact info, though. So it's very, like, ominous. What was it? Ominous. Oh. Ominous. Ominous. No, there's no T. I was in the ominist. Um, yeah, and, and recurring character that keeps popping up, and then after three phone calls, it's just that that vehicle is completely tossed aside. You know, so I didn't understand the what. All it did was set up the next scene or the next like series of scenes, each of those phone calls. It got you to a point where you couldn't have gotten with the plot naturally, naturally without doing some, you know, some backflips and shit. So useful, but, you know, throw away. Yeah, it's lazy. Yeah. That's lazy. Landis tells Bobby that all the other students are on prescription drugs. Bobby goes to a frat house. There's a bunch of empty kegs in the yard. Some dudes in their tidy whities sucking their thumbs. They're in a line. They're going through some kind of hazing ritual. It was, uh, yes, it was, it was kind of beautiful and poetic. Did you ever apply for a frat? No. In fact, I can tell you stories. I, I've been in two frats my entire life. One time, felt threatened upon entry. Um, immediately unfriendly. And I was with Joel Martin and we were like told, like, if you don't leave, like, we're going to, we're going to pound you guys into dirt. We we're like, okay. And then once at IUP where we went and to hang out with a friend of ours who was in a frat, who we're still friends with, whose frat brothers didn't want him hanging out with towny dipshits like us. And so they started a big hubbity bub. One of the, one of my friends that I was there with grabbed a golf club and hit a kid, I mean, beat a kid with a fucking golf club, uh, and then got his face stomped on wow. so hard that he had, like, Sockney on the side of his face. 
it was took a turn. <laughs> it, oh, man, it was it was a it was a it was a brutal night. It was a brutal night, but something we all talk about to this day. I was like, uh, oh my god, you remember that? It was fucking crazy. Landis tells. Oh, I already did that. <laughs> Bobby goes. <laughs> Bobby goes upstairs. He talks to Adam Pally, who is playing Freddie Bismarck. Bismarck. He mistakes Bobby as a pledge. He denies framing Paul, stating he wouldn't have time to frame all the athletes he has in his pocket before two of the frat pledges throw Bobby into a bush. Did you recognize Adam Pally right away? I did. Me too. Well, I, I like the Pally. I like the Pally um, showed up in there. I like those uh, little – I think you would call that a cameo maybe, right? That's a cameo, a bit part. Something no, because like that. that was his first movie. Okay, fair enough. So that was a part in the movie. But when you see somebody you really like that pops into a movie just for a quick scene, you're like, oh, okay, that made this brutal slog a little bit better. Oh, a little foreshadowing. No, 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 I'm not going to say that. Did you watch 101 Places to Party Before You Die? I did with him and Gabrus. Yeah, yeah, that was great. They're so adorable together. Yeah, I hope they do more of those. Now, here was an odd scene. Bobby talks to Valerie, who is played by Zoe Kravitz, daughter of Lisa Bonet and Lenny Kravitz. Uh, she says that Paul is keeping secrets. She says he would have done anything if she had asked. The scene was kind of out of tone. It wasn't even in the, like, the same like camera style. It, I, I don't know if they just wanted to get Zoe Kravitz in their movie. It looked like it maybe even not even filmed at the same time as the rest of the movie. Hmm. I didn't notice that. Could be, though. Could be. But yeah, it shows a, hey, there's a different side to this. Do you like uh, Denise Huxtable? I love Lisa Bonet. Love She's, Lisa Bonet. She divorced in Jason Momoa. Yeah, so I said her and Aquaman. Aquaman. What's your favorite Lenny Kravitz song? Are You Gonna Go My Way? Yeah, it's the only one. <laughs> Dude, every song. time, it is, it is most epic. Like when that came out, we were so young. And I think back, I remember like just cranking that and ripping it and just that shit is still funky and crazy as fuck. I love that song. Great video too. Oh yeah, man. Yes. Bruce is holding a pep rally. We got into this a little bit earlier about being an American and fighting in the sand. American. Fighting in the sand. American. Fighting in the sand. <laughs> there was something else. But that was I pretty know, much it. That was, yeah, that was pretty much it. There was references about killing people in there. like, And he did make yes. a couple um, mildly racist references to people that live in the Middle East. You know. I wonder if Bruce only took this role so he could sing. Like, he probably hadn't sang a while at this point in his career. He loves singing. Was there like, hey, Bruce, if you take this role, you can sing. I, I think he, re, he released an album under the Kirkpatrick name around this time. It was a solo thing. Teddy Kirkpatrick, sergeant of your heart. Who is a Teddy better principal, Captain or James Kirkpatrick or Dr. Robinson? I'm going to say Dr. Gary Robinson was a better principal. This, Bruce Willis was unhinged in this movie. Like he was an unbalanced human being. Gary Robinson was a good and kind man who kind of looked like the Penguin from the Batman movies. I never had 
any experiences with him, I don't think. We always had to deal with the with the dean. Wait a minute. Do you remember the vice principal? There's a female. McCall? She looked like Look, Janet Reno, like Mrs. McCall Linda, or something. Linda McCall? I think you might be right. I am excited to look this up. I can't wait to look this up, Scotty. I pulled um, that out of the deepest recess. Dude, I'm pretty sure you're right, and I am excited to see. I can't even believe I got the name Linda. Yeah, I mean, it's impressive, man. That's... And for somebody who is not even a main character in your life, administrators hard at work. Linda McCall, vice principal. Dr. Gary Robinson, principal. John McLean McDonald, dean of students. Do you think they're all still with us? I know one isn't for sure. Uh, nope, all three. Are, my guess, all three are dead. Would be my guess. Linda McCall saw- would be the only one that's actually still alive. It would be mine. My hunch. All right, Bobby goes running up the. <laughs> How do you come out of that one? That's a Dess's nosedive. Uh, dude, I have to do so much editing on this one. <laughs> it's just like, hey, let's talk about people that are dead from our childhood. <laughs> yeah, this, this episode is unhinged. It started right away. Like, I don't mind. I'm not complaining. It's, it's great. <laughs> okay. I mean, diversion has to be complete, right? Yeah. We ready? Please. You're going to look through that yearbook all night. (laughs) (laughs) Bobby goes running up the roof where Paul is up on the roof with a sniper rifle. Shit gets dark here. Paul shoots in the new school president in the chest. We learn it's a paintball gun. Did you think this was a legit sniper scene? I sure did. I was like, holy shit, this just turned into like a school shooting movie. Yeah, this this movie had a real tone shift for a split second. Uh, he's shooting up the assembly. Kids are running everywhere, but it's just paintballs. Don't worry. Uh, Bobby approaches him from behind. He gets shot right in the dick. Yeah, he jumps in the air. Why would you? If he would have jumped, he'd get shot in the chest. Like, everything's fine. But he did. He got shot square in the nuts. Sean Taylor got shot in the dick. That's how he died. The football player? What <laughs> <laughs> the fuck? What? Yeah, Redskins fans know that. Oh, my God. I feel like if you said that around here to the wrong person, somebody would fight you. People love that guy. I see license plates all the time, Forever 21 and shit like that. That's a store. (laughs) Hey, leave that part in about Sean Taylor dying and getting shot in the dick. That's gold, Billy. Gold. Bobby gets a call from the previous caller about Paul's actions and tells Bobby his story is thin. Who was that caller, though? I don't know. I don't remember. Who was it? I don't know. He had a name, though. It was like, you know, I'm Orison Jenkins. I'm a graduate student. I'm going to get to some of this in my review later. Oh, Um, boy. Paul is institutionalized. He's in no condition to answer Bobby's questions. Yeah, I didn't understand how he got, like, to the institution. I didn't get that part. Yeah, I didn't either. All of a sudden, he's there, and he's, like, in a a cafeteria all by himself. Bobby goes to a party. People are playing beer pong. They're smoking weed. Bobby and Clara start dancing. 
The kid who sits behind Bobby in class, he passes out. He reminded me of, like, Doogie Howser's friend Vinny. Who is it? Cipriati. That was Cipriati. the character's name? Yeah. Um, yeah, but this is like, like, I mean, there's like other stuff. Like, Misha Barton invites him to the party. She's like, you should go. Everybody's like, yeah, you should go. So he goes to this party for evidence, right? Simultaneously, right, right now, there's a, a, a split in his character, where his character arc, where it's like, is he going to stay the nerdy, hip, kind of cool um, newspaper reporter for the school newspaper, you know, flying under the radar, or is he going to go for popularity in the hot girl? Like, that's the, this, the, that's the dilemma that the movie poses right around this time in the movie. Because the party he goes to is at Misha Barton and... Um, Yellowstone dude, uh, their parents' house, their stepbrother yeah. and stepsister, I think. I hope. So Bobby and Francesca, which is Misha Barton, they're hooking up. Bobby is back. Next scene, the Bobby is back on his driver's license test. He spots a van, and he finds it suspicious. He watches a kid go into two pharmacies within five minutes. So then. Well, Bobby. He hold on. He's watching the the cabinet of the president of the school now. The kid that gets uh, Yellowstone gets appointed president of the school. The people he sees going in and buying all the pharmaceuticals after he has just made passionate love to the love of his life for the very first time. Okay? Don't gloss over the, the teenage sex in the movie. You couldn't stop gabbing about it. You're like a little schoolgirl before. It makes me uncomfortable. You, just, you were like, I love when that little skinny guy took his shirt off. It was so vulnerable and delicate. <laughs> his <laughs> narrow shoulders really got me going. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> narrow shoulders. <laughs> but anyway, so the people are, that's the, the now, the former vice president is now the president. So that was like the treasurer, the secretary, and someone else. Some, See, I didn't even pick up on that. You didn't pick up on that? That's the people that, like, accost him in the hallway when he's first interviewing, and they, like, slap him around. The dude stabs the pen into the notebook and stabs the pen into the wall. That's the – that's your, uh, you know, governing body right there. He, Bobby's on his driver's license test. Bobby. Uh, she tells him – the instructor tells him he doesn't need to parallel park, but Bobby wants to stop and watch the scene, so he – Tells her he wants to do it. He parallel parks. The instructor is impressed, and she tells Bobby he's about to pass his exam. All he has to do is get her back to the DMV safely. Bobby has to make a decision here. He's torn between driving back to the DMV and successfully getting his driver's license or pursuing the story of the pharmacy robberies from the government student body cabinet. Uh, he says Woodruff and Bernstein. Woodruff. And he runs a Woodward. Yeah, what is it? Wood, Woodward Wood, I, I want Woodruff. Woodruff. Danny Woodyard Wood. and Ronald Bernstein. Danny, Danny Woodhead and Leonard Bernstein, and he runs a red light, sabotaging his past license exam. Yeah, that was pretty badass. The three kids from the van, they're in a recording studio of some sort. They're rapping. Uh, they send their friend to go get some beers. Bobby is waiting in the van. And he tells him he has all the evidence he needs to turn them in. 
Yeah, that was cultural appropriation at its best. It's a bunch of, okay. like, just horrible rap. Francesca takes Bobby to her house. They take a bath together, and Bobby realizes he's happy for the first time, and nothing that's going on matters. Very important, though. It was That's a very intimate thing to do with somebody taking a bath. It was, it was so cute. Bobby goes to school the next day, and Tad has written a story that pins the whole thing on Bobby. Francesca slaps Bobby in class, says she trusted him. Bobby asks for a hall pass, and he's denied by the teacher. Oh, yeah, Senor Lopez, or whatever his name is, the Spanish teacher. Yeah, this was a... Um, what a quick turn of events. Like, you never saw this coming. You knew that he was going to get caught somehow about lying about Paul Moore, basketball star, now committed to a mental hospital. <laughs> Very rapid succession. You know, I didn't think that it was going to take the... I didn't know where it was going to go. I did not certainly think that it was going to take this weird diversion, you know, in its in its plot. I didn't like that part about the... I, I don't know. Yeah, I thought the movie was going to be way more lighthearted from it right right away i realized what it, what it was going to be and that it wasn't what i thought it was going to be but hmm. yeah uh bobby comes in or bruce comes in pulls funky out of class bobby is telling him everything bruce starts ripping into him and he's pissed that bobby is chewing gum he's not listening to a word that bobby is saying Told bobby you. gets worked up slams the gum against the locker and now bobby is placed into in school suspension yeah, I think he like throws him in a headlock or something like that. He takes off his jacket like he's going to whip his ass. And I was like, oh, man, funky, go get funked up. But yes, he goes into the box of in-school suspension. The phone in the prison yard starts ringing, and it's the mysterious caller. The caller tells him to follow the money. It's like Tony Kornheiser says, the answer to all your questions is money. Money. Yes, so... I don't know. I think it was after, did he talk to the the little girl? Or he goes on, like, there's a montage of him, like, going around talking to people and stuff like that. He he talks to Paul Moore's little sister again, gives her a bigger unicorn. <laughs> she, sp she actually sp spills the tea this time. He ends up going to the, what, like, this is weird, the student council room, which is, isolated on like the eighth floor of this giant Gothic building that is their St. Douglas Academy or whatever it is, Catholic school. It's, it's, it was weird. It was like up like eight flights of stairs on the far end of the building. Like, but it was this huge room. So he goes, he winds up in there and he finds <gasps> the ledger, the financial ledger, right? The thing that like spills the, all the guts of out of he figures out what's going on with the whole what is it drug ring little super sleuth yeah the prescription things prescription yeah the, yeah so bobby goes to talk to landis she takes her shirt off she's wearing a bra with dots the one guy says <laughs> he'd like to connect all the dots she tells bobby that he shouldn't let tad do him like that because he's a vagina and he starts flashing through 
all the evidence. Bobby goes to Francesca's. He sees her in the bathtub. He leaves, and he shows up at the basketball game and hands Clara his report whoa, as whoa, wait. he breaks it. But you forgot. He sees her in the bathtub. But who is with her in the bathtub, Billy? That's later. That's revealed later. What? No, it's not. It's yeah. right here. No, it, when he walks. Oh, that's right. The... It just it just cuts out. That's right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. The dots on the bra led him to. And it sounded creepy that I just mentioned that without. Like, yeah, you better fill it in. Fill it in. The dots on the bra brought him back to the opening scene of the chalkboard where he was trying to connect all the dots to the case. That and I think just connecting the dots in general. All right. Nah. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, Bobby leaves. He shows up at the basketball game. He hands Clara his report. He breaks it down to the viewer via voiceover. A lot of narration in this movie. A lot of voiceovers. The movie's like 85% voiceover. It's a lot. There's a lot of it. We've talked about the whole vo use of the narrator and overuse of it. We'll get there. He's confronted by one of the suspects. He punches him. Francesca shows up, and Bobby's narration tells us what Bobby saw when he saw Francesca in the bathtub, which was Francesca was in there with a, another hussy. It wasn't just any hussy. It was her stepbrother, now president, who framed the other president, Paul. Got Bruce tells everybody to get out of the office except for the five who have been exposed and that they're in trouble. Cue Speak for Me by Cat Power and roll the credits. What? That's the movie. That's the movie. There's another Bruce scene in there. You're forgetting. Bruce is in the, nope. in the end. Yeah, he is. He's in the end scene. He comes walking in into the office. Yeah. Bruce tells everybody to get out of his office except for the five who've been exposed and that they're all in trouble. How to put, did you tell the part about how he exposed everybody? Did, like the dude held the, like the classic, like Zach Moore's move of holding the, the microphone button down. No. You didn't catch that part? I don't know. So, that, so that's how everybody ends up in the office because while he's in there with the bad guys, he's held down and turned on the announcement speaker button thing. Uh, that in an earlier scene, the now president who overthrew, who coup d'etat fucking Mr. Powell or whatever his name was, he made an, he got to talk on that thing. Oh, we need to be one school under this new regime, blah, blah, blah. So the very tool that he used to set himself up was used for his own dismantling. You see? You see? I gotta be I, honest. I couldn't wait for this fucking movie to end. That's probably why I miss it. <laughs> you have missed a few, like, very critical, obvious things. <laughs> Let's get into it, man. Tell me how you felt, really. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give my monkey rating. Two and a half monkeys. This sucked. I had no expectations. I had no expectation. This couldn't even get – it couldn't even meet the no expectations I had for it. It's 90 minutes, and it was still bad. This was dog shit. The last 20 minutes were especially painful. It felt like an hour long, the last 20 minutes did. In-school suspension was more fun and productive than watching this movie. This movie wanted to be so cool. 
Like, I had doubts about whether I was going to be able to finish it or not. Rappaport was in the movie for maybe 40 seconds. Bruce, he, Bruce went down swinging. He was good, but he was only in the movie for maybe five to ten minutes. Um, I predicted the Misha Barton twist as soon as she asked Funky to look into Paul and the SATs. Uh, Shay bailed on the movie after 45 minutes. The half monkey is solely for the music. Oh, you like the nostalgia? You felt you felt the pull of the music from the. I got more. I, you got more. There's another page. Know. Did you just turn a page? <laughs> I don't know who this movie was for. Is it for high school kids who are into noir? Is it? It feels like L.A. Confidential for kids. All the actors, except for Funky and Misha Barton, are indistinguishable. I couldn't tell who the actors or the characters were. They all, it was just like, it was like an ethno state of actors, white actors. <laughs> this left me, qu <laughs> this left me questioning. <laughs> ethno state? <laughs> yeah, this was an ethno state of just white kid <laughs> actors. <laughs> it's like, you know what it is. This left me questioning why we were doing this podcast. I found none of this movie enjoyable. Are you done? Paul gave it six and a half monkeys. And but you're the guy. You trashed this, right? Rightfully so. But you're the guy that wants to get constantly into the back half of the Bruce catalog so we can watch nothing but this. This would be the best of those movies. But I hope you're wrong, but I you, think you may be right. You just love getting in the back half, don't you? We're getting into it soon. Maybe even today. We'll see. So, uh, it wasn't that I, I didn't like loathe the movie. I like the, the noir attempt at film, like comedic film noir. I appreciated that. It was entertaining at times. I didn't, there was not nearly enough Bruce. Bruce, it wasn't even worth, you know, if you rented this movie or paid to see it, like it wasn't even worth it because he's not in really in the movie. He's a functional character. He's not a, like a main character at all. At least he was good in his scenes, but that's saying nothing. He was okay. It was okay. He was okay. He was not great. He wore a tan suit. Like he did, he is in, invisible and tan. That's not his color palette. He can't be wearing tan like that. Come on. The I, I totally agree about Michael Rappaport. I, I fucking love Michael Rappaport in pretty much everything. And like in this, it was. Like what was You're he right. doing there? Did I don't know. He was a basketball coach, but why was he even – his character was unnecessary. I got another note here. I was going to say there's a movie within this movie I'd rather see, and that's just Michael Rappaport coaching the high school boys basketball team for 90 minutes. Yes. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yep. Sign me up. I'd see that. That sounds great. Just him riffing. Like I could so, write this movie right now. There's an eligibility scandal. Like <laughs> – Let's go. But Michael Rappaport coaching high school boys basketball. I mean, do you have notes written down about this idea? I just wrote down that like there's a movie within this movie that I. I feel like you're like writing down like 
you've got stat lines and stuff, character names. So not enough Rappaport. Turn up the Rappaport. I, the, so again, idea-wise, this much like communism, fantastic idea. It's great. Makes perfect sense. It just it cripples under you know it crumbles under its own weight. Um, I didn't find it unwatchable. I did find it unentertaining. I always wanted it to be more. I wanted it to be like those 90s comedies we were talking about earlier, those like teen comedies from the 90s and 2000s. I was just like, when is it going to just start? When is it going to start being good a lot? I, I made a sandwich and had a bowl of cereal during this movie, <laughs> forgetting that it was on at all and coming back to it. I'm just going, ah, I didn't miss that much. I'll be all right. Didn't rewind it. Did rewind it. Um, yeah, and again, technically, I already paid for Peacock, but I didn't choose to pay for this movie. I didn't get Peacock to watch this movie, which is thank fucking god. Um, I didn't pay ten dollars for a month of Peacock. So I think, I mean, I think two and a half stars is pretty on the nose. I wouldn't give it an extra half a star for anything other than. Bruce and Michael Rappaport. Um, yeah, the music was okay, but it's so I'm too. I'm a, I'm, you know what? Like I've been saying since We're I was ballpark buds. sexually active as a kid, I'm a solid, solid two, solid two, not two and a half, but I'll give you two. That's I'm basically it. giving it the two for like the creativity. I mean, right. It's just, a good attempt. You took a swing, you missed, you tried. It's a good concept. It could be done better. Ferris yeah. Bueller. This is like Ferris Bueller three. Would you recommend this to your mom? There's no way because my mom would never get any of it. None of it. Any other Would Bruce you watch movie it with her could... so you could explain it to her? I mean, I don't think there's much more painful than... Because it's a bad movie, too. And having to explain yes. a bad movie to somebody that is like a super annoying to watch movies with. <laughs> that might be the point where I, I bludgeon my mom with like a, a dull object. <laughs> that's the only way I'd watch that's, this movie again is if I watched it with your commentary explaining it to your mom as it's going on I could sync it up that would be funny DVD commentary to put out there as some, it's just some random guy watching a movie with his mom who's why is he what so is he I thought he was a reporter for a newspaper when I was a kid we would go buy hamburger at the deli stand, but we called it an abattoir, and we would have to take our own newspapers down there. But I was always afraid that the ink was gonna get on the meat, so I okay. would tell I, I would it. tell him to wrap it in a piece of wax paper too. But when I would get home, oh boy, was your nanny upset with me because I'm I, pulling the plug. <laughs> 
wasted the wax paper. This feels like what watching the movie was like. <laughs> that feels this, like yeah. what watching the movie was like. All right. Um, so two monkeys, but yeah, you're, we're ballpark buds. Ballpark buds. You're generous with your half, but you always have been. Um, three stars. Number three, Michael Rappaport, because why not? He had a very nice long career. He, you know what? None of what he did in this movie was awful or at all right. unenjoyable. So. Adam Pally, bro from Comedy Bang Bang. Uh, Adam from 101 Places to Party Before You Die with John Gabris. This is his first movie role. Uh, check out Champaign, Illinois. It's on Hulu. It's very good. It's him and Sam Richardson. Yes. They play. It's very good. Um, it's only like an eight-episode sitcom, so no real-time investment. Uh, number one, Bruce, because if he weren't in it, I would have never watched this. Well, I don't know if you want to give him the number one star because of that. Because you probably should have never watched this. I'm number not grateful. I'm song, not grateful. Man. I'm not grateful to Bruce being in it because Bruce is the reason I had to watch this. That's true. Yeah, yeah. number one for the song, the American. I had that song <laughs> stuck in my head the next day. <laughs> I, so, know, I once knew. I once knew a person who thought that they were a very talented songwriter, and I was at the beach with this person. And we were in the water and you got to name names. And she was like, uh, like singing to herself. And I was like, what are you singing? She was like, I wrote a song about the beach. And I was like, really? Let me hear it. Is this Lindsay? It, no, it wasn't. Thank God. I wouldn't tell her if it was. <laughs> These were the lyrics and the melodies to the song. Let's go to the beach. We could sit and play in the sand. Let's go to the beach. You and I walking hand in hand. And she sang me the song and did that. <laughs> I was like, all you need is Zach Morris and Lisa Turtle to be backing you. And I was like, you've got a hit, my friend. What was the name of their band in the essay by the Bell episode? Zach, Zach Attack. Attack. Zack Attack, man. You did a little Zack Attack on top of it. On the Roku channel, there's an all Saved by the Bell channel. And they show them all, the new class, the college years. The like in shuffle? They, they shuffle them up or is it in sequential? I don't know oh. if they shuffle them up or not. I wouldn't I be okay. I would, yeah, I wouldn't be okay with that. Anyway, so um, three stars. Good job. Yeah. Uh, uh, we got some. Some people like this movie more than we did. It's time for... Alternative examinations. Sun, 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 sun. Adam Edwards, three stars. A teenage psychopath with no family and no friends gets way too invested in the school newspaper. Bruce plays an Islamophobic high school principal who may be a pedophile. It takes place in 2007, but also maybe 1977. It's absolutely horrible, but you can't turn away. I could turn away, and I would have if we weren't watching this for this podcast. So what was the first part of that review? First couple lines, the first line or two? First line is a teenage psychopath with no family okay. and no friends. So psychopath? Funky is a psychopath. Is that who it is? Yes. I didn't peg him as crazy at all. I didn't either, but that made me want to listen to Screeching Weasel and the Queers. High school psychopath. Was a high school psychopath. Yeah, I need therapy. One star from Cody Dow. 
The under a minute scene with Zoe Kravitz was great. Unfortunately, I watched the other 32 min hour and 32 minutes. <laughs> That's funny. That's pretty funny. Two and a half stars from Danny B. Okay, this was not what I expected at all. Based on the cover and art, I was I went in expecting a garbage straight-to-video Bruce Willis thriller. Instead, it turned out to be a high school set noir film with Willis in a small role. Basically, it's better than I expected. Willis actually has a lot of fun with his brief psychotic role, and the central mystery is fine. But none of the humor really lands, and it's mostly kind of dull. I'd say that summarizes it pretty well. Yeah. Half of a star from Guillermo Cal. My God, what an awful movie. Almost as boring as actual high school, with characters so flat and annoying as actual high school students and jokes and puns so lame that even a high school idiot would say something funnier. Why, there's got to be some kind of sexual insuation in every scene. I must confess that I almost liked the rooftop shooting, although it made no sense. Also, way too much voiceover. Calling this film neo-noir is a disgrace to any actual noir film. Two points for the takedown. Liking the high school shooting, I, I don't know if you want to admit that. I basically want to ask him, who do you like more, Dylan Klebold or El Eric Harris? Who's your guy? Are you a Klebold guy? Yeah. Half star from Riley Kirby. This movie thinks it's so smart, and it pisses me the fuck off. This screenplay is some of the most edgelordy type shit I've ever heard. It wants to be shocking, and it's black comedy, but it feels so forced. Like, this is the kind of dialogue a first-year screenwriting student would write. None of the characters are likable, and I just could not care what happens. Nothing pisses me off more than a snarky teenagers that act like adults. God, I fucking hate this stupid goddamn movie. It's interesting because I'm remembering reading something that this movie was on something called The Blacklist, which isn't yeah. necessarily a bad thing, but is the list of movies that, like, the best of the movies that didn't get made in a year. And it was on that blacklist a few times, apparently, maybe more than once, which could... I mean, it may be one of the reasons that it didn't land at all like at all with anybody because it was maybe it was like five, 10 years past its expiration date. You know what I mean? Like it would have been great to make in 1996. That would, you know, it could have been, it, it could have been huge. With you pointing that out, that was on a blacklist for a long time. Yeah. You actually absolutely proved your point that this should have been out in like 2000. Boom. Last one from Neil. Four and a half stars. Neil coming in off the top rope. Wow. Not since Heathers has a teen film used dark humor, a satire, so brilliantly. Fans of film noir will like the fast-talking teens portrayed in this movie. But let us be clear. This movie is not really a teen film. There are no parents at all, and the adults in view are not in control of their own emotional lives. If a 16-year-old boy is the moral compass of a movie, there is sure to be drama. This said, adults who appreciate dark and woody suspense mixed with heavy satire will enjoy this film. The ending is a caper of sorts and is done quite cleverly. Bruce Willis adds a comedic genius performance as the high school principal. 
This review was posted by Doris Burke. I used to be the secretary at Holidaysburg High School. I, I thought this was a fanciful romp. I thought I was going to get a rom-com. But I got a film noir instead. That's a that's an old woman review, man. <laughs> that, that, that review made me think like, oh, this is a postmenopausal woman that wrote this for sure. Giving Bruce comedic genius performance is a real stretch. It, te- it tells me that somebody does not have any problem with casual racism and Islamophobia. That's what it tells me. Like, what do you like, think about? Oh, he's so silly. Yeah. He said there's, I thought he was going to say sand N word. <laughs> Jim, you should hear how he says these words. Jim. So are we ready to spin this Bruce Wheelis and find out our next assignment? If you don't, may the ghost of Doris Burke haunt you for the rest of your days. This shit better be high fidelity. So I want to add the back half of the list. I'm not going to do it after this movie, but it's coming soon. Buckle up. Poof. This is when I bow out. <laughs> you can't. I, I We're got in. the fuck out. Oh, boy. Don't tell me I can't. I don't hear clickety-clack. There isn't much clicking and clacking with this wheel, but you will get a robot voice. No, this is, again, collusion. This is just you pressing numbers on a robot voice-like modulator. I can show you the wheel spinning in the video, then. Oh, that's great for the people that listen. Right now, Billy's holding up the middle finger to me. Yeah, fuck you, too. 58. He says after he types it in himself. Our second one a row in the 50s, and Mortal Thoughts. What do you think about Mortal Thoughts? I think I have them every day. That's what I think. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one with Demi Moore, right? I have no idea. I saw it once during the initial Bruce Willis run in the early 2000s, and I can honestly say I remember nothing about it other than I think Demi Moore is in it. Huh. I mean, so pre-review... I hope this has something to do with, like, Mortal Kombat. That'd be great. Get some good, like, give me some Blanca scenes or something like that. That was Street Fighter. Yeah. I, I have no idea. I have no recollection of this. When was it released? Do you have a release date or anything? Yeah, let's, let's do some pregame. How's that? We won't get into, like, the plot or anything. Um, Mortal Thoughts, 1991. It's a thriller mystery. Mm-hmm. Demi Moore, Harvey Keitel, and Bruce Willis. Ooh. You know what? That's a promising cast. Hopefully this is one of those underrated straight-to-DVD movies. There's no way this went straight-to-DVD, though. No, that's not a, with Bruce in 1991 and Demi Moore. Well, I mean, Bruce Demi Moore. Harvey Keitel, too. I mean, that's those are three bangers right there. Talking about bangers. So we'll be back in a week or two with Mortal Thoughts and keep it Brucey. Yeah, be careful when you're chewing. Take your time. Don't bite your tongue out there. Say you want to be down east. Back on motherfucker, get beat down out my face. Fool, I'm the illest. Bulletproof. I die harder than Bruce Willis. Got my...